are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a December 12th. Tuesday morning edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor of LeBronWire.com, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the podcast for your favorite team, the Portland Trail Blazers. We're back. The Blazers are on the road now, and they... Had an 0-4 homestand. They hit the road starting off Monday night with the defending champs. They were without Yusuf Nurkic. And then they were without Mo Harkless once again. They had a nice comeback attempt in the fourth quarter. But eventually they just did not have enough juice. A couple of shots they needed to go their way did not go their way. And... They lose 111-104 to the Warriors, who were also shorthanded. They did not have Steph Curry. They did not have Draymond Green. But Jordan Bell, former Oregon Duck, played really well at center. Andre Iguodala, Kevin Durant, obviously the, the, the leader with 28 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks in the game as he continues to be one of the NBA's leaders in blocked shots this season. And Clay Thompson... Uh, former resident of the Portland area with 24 points, three assists, and three rebounds for the Warriors. They had a lead as high as 24 points. They were it looked like they were running away with the game. The second quarter for Portland was really, uh, just really something that they had a lot of trouble coming back from. They couldn't slow the Warriors down as as shorthanded as they were because they have still so much great offensive talent. They also run a really nice system and and guys that get in there that are a little bit younger and maybe not as experienced as uh, the Zazas and the Draymonds, you know, they have guys that, that can do things. I mean, Jordan Bell uh, was moving, setting screens, darting to the rim. Omri Caspi had a nice night, uh, who's continued to be a nice signing for them that they basically got off the scrap heap. David West absolutely killed the Blazers in the second quarter, and that was really disappointing. Uh, I mean, David West is a, a very, very has has had a great career. Um, probably an underrated career. Very productive, long time in the league. But some of the stuff he was doing last night was stuff that you just don't expect a guy doing uh, this late in his career. I think he's 14 seasons in at this point, and he had one where he just packed it on uh, Jake Lehman, and it was rough. Uh, but uh, hey, uh, they're the champs for a reason, and Damian Lillard was phenomenal. Uh, that was... One of those that was an ang- angry Dame when, when when Dame gets the Dame always plays with the chip on his shoulder, but he always has that extra bit of rage that he can sometimes tap into, 
and intensity that he can tap into that makes him one of the most riveting players to watch in the, in the entire league. And, 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 you know, this is not just, you know, Homerism coming, coming out here. You know, I watch a lot of the NBA, a lot of different teams. And when, when Dame gets it going like this, when he gets that anger going and that fire going, it's a blast. It, it, it's really fun to see. And, he almost single-handedly, well, not single-handedly, he had help uh, from an unexpected crew, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but Dame with 39 points, four rebounds, two assists, two steals, no turnovers, five three-pointers, got to the line 11 times, uh, had one incredible dunk in the fourth quarter that was just powerful and no ill effects after uh, rolling his ankle the other night against the Rockets. And he was at home. He was in front of his family down in Oakland. And he just was he was motivated. And, and, and it was awesome to see. I, I mean, the Blazers lost, but Lillard was just fantastic to watch. And, and that was, even though the, the, the comeback attempt failed and and they were ultimately unable to you know close it out the the way that they came back with Dame was really fun to see and I think you know a lot of people watching on Twitter also recognize that that hey you know it it was pretty awesome to see what Dame was doing last night and you know early on Portland looked uh pretty good in this game you know the first quarter Portland came out playing with confidence, Evan Turner and Myers Leonard were really leading the charge. Uh, Dane, uh, Myers was was looking comfortable, making plays, passing the ball at times. Just you know, it, it, everything was flowing nicely. Evan Turner, with the intense defense that the Warriors do play, you know, one of the best defenses in the NBA, and and they turned the pressure up on Dame and CJ and and early on in the game Turner was Turner and his kind of guile his kind of herky jerky rhythm was able to kind of enforce his own tempo on the game and and enforce and just kind of change things up and give the Blazers a little bit of a different look and last night at least at the start of the game it, even if it didn't carry itself over you know Turner I thought that's the type of Turner you want to see you know he he still didn't shoot well from the field three of eight but he just looked a little bit more comfortable all the hit one of his best friends in in Andre Iguodala is on the Warriors so he also could have been playing with a little bit more extra motivation however the type of the, just the flow that he was in and the way that he kind of it looked like he had more freedom to kind of assert himself and he missed he missed some shots that you know in his career he normally makes and the blazers you know have still managed to be pretty good despite the fact that turner hasn't really played up to his standards and the Blazers have lost five straight, as I say that. And so, uh, you know, before this this recent stretch, they had been playing well, despite the fact that Turner had not been playing well. And they're going to need Turner to play well whenever, you know, they're just going to need him to play well. I said this before the last game, before the Warriors game, after Turner, you know, had another rough night. And 
they they've got to try to to make it work and maybe it's playing with Myers more maybe it's playing with Damon CJ and Myers so that there's three shooters out there so that Turner has a little bit more space to do his thing and maybe that's something that they have to look at I think that they're it, 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 I think that their lineup right now with when they get Harkless and Nurkic back is the way to go with Dame, CJ, Nurk, Aminu, and Mo. But maybe Myers needs to play more, or or maybe it's Zach Collins that needs to play more. But they need something out there that's going to create a spacing threat. And Myers seems to have a little bit more con- command of his offensive game. So I would say go with Myers and Evan Turner. And Ed Davis, maybe if you can, if when everyone's healthy, you know that might be a real thing to look at. And if you can get that out there, you've got Turner, Myers, say uh, Pat Connaughton, and and CJ. Then you've got three shooters out there, and then suddenly the the floor isn't as crammed. And, and Turner kind of has a little bit more room to work with. And I know that – and this is the problem that the Blazers have. The Blazers have too many bigs. They don't have enough bigs to, to play that someone's not going to be able to play. So uh, it's been uh, – I think this five-game losing streak has been really rough. They messed up and should have won those home games. I think uh, my pal Corbin Smith, who uh, is going to be on this podcast this week uh, – he, you know, he made a great point. You know, maybe the Blazers shouldn't have lost those home games before they went on the road to play the Golden State Warriors at home. You know, that probably would have helped their situation. And the the Rockets also coming in. So they, they lost three winnable games, two of them against shorthanded opponents, which were also winnable. So it was like double time winnable. And then they walk into a gauntlet of of Houston and Golden State back-to-back, the two best teams in the West. So um, this is what the Blazers get. This five-game win streak or five-game losing streak, excuse me, is a product of their uh, their their mistakes, their missteps, and, and all the things that they, they should have done and didn't take – they just didn't take care of business at home. So now they find themselves losers of five straight games – heading to South Beach to face the Miami Heat on Wednesday. So I also mentioned that there was kind of an unexpected crew around Damian Lillard last night that kind of sparked their comeback attempt and and gave them a chance to make things interesting, kind of got the, the game a little nervous and and or at least got the Warriors, I think, a little bit nervous and, and, and having to make some big shots down the stretch. Clay had to make a big three uh, as, as Portland rallied and it to kind of stave him off. And, and, and Dame had one three-pointer down the stretch that if he hit that, you know, you're th- it's a five-point game and, 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 and it's on at that point. And for the Warriors, they were able to kind of keep the Blazers at arm's length and uh, just kind of keep them, you know, keep them at bay. But the crew that that made the run last night for the Blazers was quite the unexpected crew, I gotta say. Uh, and it was 
Noah Vonley, Jake Lehman, Pat Connaughton, Damian Lillard doing most of the scoring, and then Zach Collins, who I, I, I said had a positive run on Saturday against the Houston Rockets, and he's a guy that I have admittedly been hard on. The fact that he hasn't been playing has not been at all reassuring for the fact that the Blazers traded two picks to get him. And we haven't really seen him on the court. And uh, so so when you see him not playing, catching DNPs all season long, and then you see guys from all over the rest of the draft, basically, uh, not even the Donovan Mitchells of the world, but you've got, you know, Justin Jackson doing things sometimes in Sacramento. You've got all types of players you know John Collins, uh, who before he ha- he got hurt was was doing great things for the Hawks. Uh, any number of guys. I mean, this draft was so deep. So many rookies uh, have been making impacts on their teams this season, and you just look at at the Blazers' pick at, at their number one crown jewel pick from this past draft, not playing at all. And Zach Collins, you know, this Nurkic injury, you know, obviously they're better with Nurkic, but I think it has given them the opportunity to look at a couple things. It's given them an opportunity to look at the combination of Turner and Myers more. And it's also given Zach Collins an opportunity to to get on the floor and, and do some things. And he's been really solid, uh, making great defensive plays on Saturday night against the Rockets. And then last night, with his best game yet. Collins had nine points, seven rebounds, two assists, three steals, uh, no blocks, but he was very active. And I think if you looked at the rim percentage stats of shots that he defended at the basket, I think his numbers would be pretty good. Uh, he was, he was very active and he seems to have a, a knack for, getting his hand where the guy puts the ball. And for a guy this young, for for a center at this stage of his career, that's pretty rare. Um, I remember when I, my first year covering the Blazers was Dame and CJ's rookie, Dame and Myers' rookie year. And I remember talking to Andrew Bogut that year about how long it takes as a big man to really get it defensively. And he said three, four years. And that's Bogut who at his peak was, you know, defensive player of the year worthy. One of the best centers in the NBA. And he said he didn't really start clicking until third, fourth year. And to see that Collins already is kind of a natural on the defensive end, which you could kind of see that in summer league. To see that he he kind of feels it and he, he's kind of got like a natural knack for contesting shots, for disrupting plays, and for being just knowing where to be mostly, that's pretty impressive. And, and, and while the Blazers have uh, a, quite a few big men, it, it, it's good that Collins is showing that he can 
do some things on the defensive end. And he was he was foul happy last night. He fouled out of the game in the fourth quarter when Portland was making the run on what looked to me as a little bit of a weak screen. He also got called for a foul on what looked to be a block in the first half. And and this is very positive. And I think we could continue to see him maybe pushing his way into the rotation. And it's going to be really hard because now Stotts is in a it's in an enviable place to make a decision as a coach but he's going to have to decide when Nurkic gets back you know who who is going to deserve that playing time as kind of the second big is it going to be Vonley is it going to be Myers is it going to be Zach Collins and and Collins I think is is putting some pressure on it with the way that he's played and this is this is good this is a good thing for the Blazers it's a good thing for their franchise it's a good thing for Collins who I'm sure is not happy that he's been seeing a bunch of other rookies that got picked after him having moments and getting to shine granted he's in a different situation than most of those guys because he's on a team with playoff aspirations however to see him have some positive moments and then to go out there and and uh not be afraid of the moment you know his first two his first his last two like real runs that he's had have been against the two best teams in the league and teams that play you know really fast and then you can kind of see the the vision there of Zach Collins kind of like to me it kind of looked like I was watching Cody Zeller last night Cody Zeller who just got hurt actually for the Charlotte Hornets but it kind of reminded me of that, whereas, you know, he can play power forward in certain lineups, but when the game gets really fast and you've got to go, 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 Collins looked pretty comfortable in in that kind of fast-paced type of game, and I think could be very effective in a lot of these track meet matchups that the Blazers have on the schedule, especially in the West. This, this might also be, you know, Collins could also just be a, a, a matchup situation at times when teams decide to downsize a little bit. I mean, he's not as quick as Vonley, but he can run the floor pretty well. And uh, I, I, I think his instincts on the defensive end are really helpful. I think he's, his length, his height, uh, he's, he's got a lot going for him. And he also played pretty well on the offensive end last night, which was the big struggle for him in Summer League. And you could kind of see the ways in which he can be effective against those smaller units. He's really comfortable at posting up. He had one nice post up on Andre Iguodala where he he got the ball, caught it, one move, hook shot, made the basket. And for him to be that young and be able to do that already is is really encouraging because, you know, think back to Noah Vonley in seasons past where he would get that opportunity and, and he would have trouble finishing those shots. He, he would have trouble finishing those possessions. And those, you know, he's gotten better at that over the course of his career, but it wasn't automatic for Vonley. And, you know, you can also see the benefit that Collins really had a full college season, went deep in the tournament all the way to the national title game. You know, and, and Vonley's team didn't even make the tournament when he was in college in Indiana for one year, like more like, like seven months. But, you know, you can see Collins is is doing some things that seem, uh, you know, pretty mature for a kid his age and a player his age, especially as a big. And you know that is is a really big thing for the Blazers, and uh, I think they're happy with it, and I think you should be happy with it too, because 
he's he's really uh, not gotten that opportunity. And you know, this is the beauty of eighty two games. You know, I, I wrote about this for LeBron Wire after uh, on Saturday when when Jay Crowder hit a, a really big shot for them that probably wouldn't have happened if Kevin Love had not been hurt. And I think here we have a couple of things, even as the Blazers are riding a five-game losing streak, that you can kind of see the, the beginnings of some some different wrinkles in the Blazers that they probably wouldn't have looked at had Nurk not rolled his ankle and had, had Harkless not gotten hurt too. And uh, I, I think it's really interesting and, and, and I think it gives Stotts a little bit more clarity perhaps and a little bit more confidence that he can count on these guys uh, in, in, in real situations at times. So, uh, you know, the, the, it's been a rough stretch for Portland, no doubt, but it, there is, I think some, there are, I think some silver linings here with, uh, the guys that have stepped up and, and, and helped the Blazers fight against a couple of good teams. You know, it was a little bit of a different script this time against the Warriors where they're coming back from a lot. Whereas against the Rockets, they blew a double digit lead, but, They've been fighting and I think performing well, and it's you know they were going to lose these two games anyway, most likely, and and the reason that it's a five game losing streak is because they didn't take care of business against uh, not as good competition. Another guy that played well down the stretch last night for the Blazers was Jake Layman. Layman had eight points. He got dunked on unfortunately and got baptized by David West, but. Uh, and he didn't make a three either. So uh, that's another guy that has gotten an opportunity, mostly with the Harkless injury in this case, where the Blazers just need to play some wings. And, uh, you know, Layman definitely has some offensive talent. He, he seems to be a pretty good defender as well, and he was part of that unit that helped the Blazers get back into the game. Sometimes I just I just... It seems like he's allergic to rebounding, and it, it and it's not like something that it's not an effort thing for him. He's like clearly trying. I just he's not very good at it. He's just not, and that's you know you need that from every you know you need this team. the The Blazers as a team need to rebound. And he had three boards last night in seventeen minutes, so maybe I'm being hard on him. But he had one play in uh, I think it was in the fourth quarter where it was an offensive rebound, and the ball came like right to him and it just hit off of him. And it was just like, you know, I, you know, you can, I think you can get better at that if, if you work on it, but rebounding is also very much a natural thing. And, uh, you know, layman, layman's really athletic. And it's so funny. I think sometimes when you see this guy who has incredible athleticism, incredible coordination, I think he is a pretty good defender. He's long, he's quick. He, he can move, but then you just see him do this one thing, and it's just he can't do it. And it's kind of funny. I think it's it, 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 to me, it's funny that that it's one of those things. And it was one of those things I picked up last night. Um, another thing too is Ed Davis only played eight minutes last night, uh, which Davis has been really solid. But the Blazers were playing well with Zach Collins last night, and I can't I can't fault Stotts for that. And maybe we we continue to see Collins play and and as great as Ed Davis has been and I don't think he's going to get necessarily jumped in the rotation but Collins is making Stotts 
maybe have to think about it. And I think the way Collins played has been really encouraging, and I'm looking forward to seeing that against the Miami Heat tomorrow night. So until next time, continue listening to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe, tell your friends, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, we're there. We'll catch you once again before tomorrow's game, actually. Uh, we're going to have Corbin Smith on on Wednesday before the Blazers face off against the Heat down in South Beach. So until then...